Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Hey everyone, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed uh, last week's episode. Um, yeah, that was, uh, Jillian, you are really, really good. <laughs> she is so good. She got me to open up. and uh, But you know what? That's what I've signed up for. That's true. I want this to be um, where we both show up. So uh, with that in mind, uh, last session, we were talking a lot about shame. We were talking about burnout. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you've been through burnout as well. And you've also mentioned that you're at eight on the Enneagram. So I am really, really wanting to understand your inner world and your experience of burnout. And and for you to talk through some of what led to that burnout. Sure. And and also especially uh, the recovery out of that. Yeah. As you've discovered more and more the gift of eight. And I would say you are truly a gift to me as an eight. Mm. I love how you live out your eightness. <laughs> and I know that we've had many conversations yeah. I've had to call you on where you're, um, you put yourself down yep. that eightness. So anyway, I, I'd like to hear about your season of burnout and sure. uh, walk me through that. Well, first of all, because eights uh, have a very deep fear of being vulnerable, mm. I've asked for this to be a shorter episode. <laughs> <laughs> she would yeah. like it to only be 13 minutes, yeah. but no. Let's just get on with it and get over it. Uh, but that would be a total eight speaking. So, um, you know, eight on the Enneagram is termed the active controller. And so our fear is vulnerability. Mm. So we mask our fear of vulnerability by controlling things. Mm. And boy, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. As much as the people pleasing is, you know, spinning all the plates for you as an Enneagram too, uh, trying to control all the things mm-hmm. is so exhausting. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, uh, I'll just give you a little insight into Jillian's brain at work. Uh, when I was in an unhealthy state. Um, if we were heading out on a vacation, mm-hmm. I'll give you that, for example, my brain was thinking about all the things that could go wrong mm-hmm. uh, and trying to uh, do damage control mm. so that they wouldn't go wrong. Mm-hmm. And it would be to the point where I actually couldn't relax mm. until I came back from the vacation and realized all the things that could have gone wrong didn't go wrong. Wow. I know. Wow. So it really impeded me from, and you know, I love to have fun. Mm -hmm. So I was really not living in this present state of enjoyment and being with my family Mm -hmm. and doing all the fun things. Mm -hmm. And you know, the thing is that would not be apparent because I've been with you on vacation and you're just a ball of laughs. Exactly. And you're so much fun. Right. Oh, I've got pictures. I know. And, you know, we might have to put those in our show notes. No, I mean, I, I, I do have pictures. and uh, But, yeah, I mean, inside there was this turmoil that was going on. Can I ask you before you unpack the whole thing about uh, burnout? Sure. Um, hey, you know what? I'm going to push Jillian now to go vulnerable already. Oh, boy. Yeah. Can you tell the listeners a little bit of how you came to your eightness? Because... Uh, you know, I see you as a very strong woman and you are, mm-hmm. and you project yourself that way. But like at some point you were a vulnerable little girl. Yeah. So what was some of your 
history or experiences that led you to get into this place where you have to protect yourself against vulnerability? Yeah, I mean, uh, very, I'm going to go very vulnerable. So hang on to your seats. Um, This would be going back, and I've come to realize this probably came in my very early years. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, I'm an immigrant to Canada. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents made the very bold and courageous move in their 40s to move from Northern Ireland to Canada. And I was the youngest. I was three when we moved here. And there was a lot going on behind the scenes. Uh, My parents, you know, sold all their furniture. Um, All these things were going on. And at the time, my father was actually working in England as well. Mm. So that was a long way away from Ireland. Uh, And at that time, I imagine that between the ages of two and three, I was kind of left a little bit to my own devices Mm. and, you know, to the care of my siblings. Um, And so I imagine that in my own little, here's a psychological analysis brain, uh, is that I just had to fend for myself a bit. Hmm. And that's all the chaos. That's probably the the narrative I told myself was that I had to be in control of myself. Hmm. Um, Maybe so I didn't cause a fuss because Hmm. there was probably enough fuss going on, you know. And uh, when we moved to Canada, we moved with um, my maternal grandmother, who was a very controlling person, Mm -hmm. and she was probably a very unhealthy eight. Mm -hmm. And again, she was a very wounded person, widowed early, um, and uh, moved to Canada where she probably didn't want to move to. Uh, And she was so controlling that um, I just learned to read the atmosphere as soon Mm. as I walked in after school or whatever and adapt. Mm. And so I think those kinds of early things that were going on probably shaped a lot of, um, you know, who I am or who I became as an eight. You know, your, your, your story is really resonating with me when Mm. you talk about at such a young age, two and three, feeling like you kind of had to fend for yourself. Yeah. That theme of I'm on my own. Yeah. I better figure this out on my own. Yeah. And can you imagine the pressure if you think about your grandson? No, I can't. As a two or three-year-old saying to himself, I got to figure it out all on my own. No. I mean, that makes me feel sad just it, thinking about oh, it. Oh, it just makes me feel so sad too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I say all that not to shame and blame. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents, I believe, were doing the best that they were doing with what they had at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... Uh, but it it certainly, I'm sure, had an effect on all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, making a transatlantic move would be harrowing for for most. We also came by boat, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like a quick airplane trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it's just a lot of that. I think has shaped that sort of need for control, mm-hmm. and maybe this idea of not showing my vulnerable side was this lie that I told myself so that I wouldn't draw attention to myself and. Uh, and and need things. Hmm. Can you unpack that a little bit? That that's that's something that is triggering and resonating in me. Something yeah. I'm wondering if it's also for the the listener. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Yeah. I'm just. I'm. Maybe I vocalized that, and it's just raw. Mm. So I don't know how to unpack it at the moment. Okay. Well, that that's fair. Yeah. But I think that the way it sort of led to my burnout mm-hmm. uh, was that 
I can control an awful lot of things and an awful lot of outcomes. And um, if people uh, in the pastoral ministry I was in, which was a very large deal, you know, trying to keep all the plates juggling Mm -hmm. in a large and growing church uh, with a lot of demands, um, that if people were to let me down, Hmm. uh, I would just pick up the piece. Right. And do it. Right. And if you're overseeing, and I know you were overseeing hundreds yeah. of volunteers, they're <laughs> what volunteers do. They they don't show up or they decide that they're going to take a vacation and sure. so you're left to pick up all the pieces. And there's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of pieces. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're listening and you're in ministry, you know how many pieces are being uh, juggled at an, any given Sunday mm-hmm. uh, leading up to the Sunday. Um and one of those pieces just has a domino effect, right? Yes. So I was just picking up all the pieces and pushing through. Mm-hmm. And um, I have the gift of perseverance. Yes. You so do. I just go. and or I just, stubbornness. Oh, yeah, I just go and go and go. <laughs> and I didn't really have an off switch. Yeah. And But it led to um, definite burnout for me because I was giving myself to everybody else, but I wasn't giving myself to me. Mm-hmm. So I had really nothing left to give to myself. You know, and the other thing too, I know uh, eights do tend to be high energy. Yeah. So your capacity is pretty hard, huge already. It is. And you were even living outside of that capacity. I was living well beyond my capacity. Mm-hmm. And the demands weren't changing. They were growing. Mm-hmm. And my energy was trying to keep up to the demands. Mm-hmm. At some point, there's a breaking there's point. There's a breaking point. And I know as your friend walking with you through that, uh, I saw those signs early. Of course. Everyone else saw them. <laughs> everyone else saw it. But one of the things I, I learned and recognized as if I'm going to be a good friend to you as an eight, um, that I had to pray for you. Mm-hmm. I had to speak truth as the Lord leads me to, as I'm able to say it. But I also recognize that as an eight, you had to sort that out for yourself too. Yeah. 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 And eights are stubborn, so they come to these realizations probably later in the game than they should. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say later than you should in the sense of what, just because I can see the power of what God has done in your life now, mm-hmm. that had you not gotten to that breaking place. Yeah. I don't think you would have gotten to the place of surrender that you're at now. That's very true. And the place where I can just go, well, I don't need to control that. Yeah. And I say that to myself many times over the course of the day mm-hmm. now, whereas before I would have tried to fix it. I would mm-hmm. have tried to control the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of fear there. Mm-hmm. Like eights have a lot of fear. Which is surprising to hear because you don't come across as afraid. No. In fact, if I say, don't do this, you'll go and do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you'll double do it. Yeah, double dog dare you do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's true. I mean, I think all, like the eights that I know would, would if they were really honest with themselves, would talk about fear mm-hmm. as a driver. And I think maybe because eights can be so capable and energetic and they're typically in leadership positions yeah. and they are so able to accomplish so much that to get to that place of acknowledging that they can't do it yeah, uh, and that they're actually afraid, yeah, that would, that would take some big balls. Oh. That takes <laughs> that takes a lot of vulnerability with yourself. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So t- tell us 
what brought you to that place of being able to acknowledge that yourself? Uh, well, I would have to give a lot of credit to a program called Freedom Session, mm. uh, which comes out of Village Church in BC. Um, and uh, it's a fabulous program that we walked through as a group. So we'll have to put a link to that. We'll put a link to Freedom yeah. Session. Yeah. It was, I think what it allowed me to do was it allowed me to get very real with myself mm -hmm. in the safety of um, some great friends mm -hmm. who could walk with me through that. We were all sharing our stories together, but it allowed me to see how um, my early years kind of shaped me, some of the coping mechanisms that I put in place for mm -hmm. myself, mm -hmm. how I handled conflict and relationships, um, how I acted out. Mm. And um, it gave me the opportunity to change some of the narrative of my life, mm -hmm. to see it from a different perspective. Mm. And it truly allowed me to walk in this kind of freedom that I now have where I do not have to control things. Mm -hmm. And I also can be very vulnerable with people and not be afraid. Mm -hmm. You you hit it on uh, the head right there, that, that, that self-honesty. Yeah. Uh, so Freedom Session is a tool like many other of course, tools yeah. that people can access. But really what it is was you're willing to kind of go and look at yourself honestly. Yeah. You were able to recognize at some part of you that life wasn't really working. Yeah. And things had to change. You didn't quite know what had to change, but you knew you had to start by examining what's happening in you with your behaviors. And you you made a good point about your strategies that you've used and it's not working for you anymore. That's right. Uh, which linking back to the Enneagram, I love because as you know each of the numbers, you get to identify each of the blind spots. Mm -hmm. And so knowing the blind spots of an eight, that that's the sort of the weapon of choice that you use to cope when you're triggered or you're afraid or you're... Um, you know, feeling like vulnerable. Yeah. And in your case, it would be to take control. That's right. Uh, that is a really huge part of you being able to overcome that is to recognize, okay, that's an old strategy. Mm -hmm. And it worked for me because it was survival for me as a little girl. Because if I didn't do that for myself, who knows what would have happened. That's right. My, my, the adults in my life weren't able to, for whatever circumstances, do that for me. So it worked. So in some ways you have to thank that part of yourself that was able to be that strength for you. But now as an adult, to be able to say, it's blocking me from a full life. It's blocking me from uh, deeper relationships with others and with God. Yep. It's blocking me from being able to just enjoy life because I'm just sort of thinking, because I have control issues too, and it just comes out in other ways. I think if we're all honest, we all have control issues. Oh, of course. Part of how we react to fear. It blocks us from experiencing just the sheer joy and peace that comes with acknowledging that we're not in control. Why are we even wasting energy trying to be in control? And can we then focus on the joy of the experience of whatever it is that we're in right yeah. at that time. Yeah, and, and out of that, um, one of the things that I was able to experience was this abandonment hmm. uh, that I hadn't had in terms of, and I mean abandonment in a good sense, right. not in the bad sense. Right. Uh, so for instance, mm -hmm. um, for my hubby's uh, birthday, many years ago, I, I gave him a blank check and I said, go buy yourself a motorcycle. Mm because it had been a longing of his. And he did. And um, we, you know, I'd go out with him on the motorcycle occasionally. We had young kids at the time. 
And one time we were entering the 401, which Mm -hmm. I hated, Mm -hmm. uh, but we were doing it for whatever reason. And we hit loose gravel Mm. and we lost the edge of the bike and the bike went down. Mm -hmm. And um, I was paralyzed Mm. by fear at that point of being on the motorcycle. Uh, Because I didn't have control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't about the bike going down. It was because when I was on the bike... I couldn't control anything. Right. So my husband will tell you he had actually enjoyed that because I would grip him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, is this now going to X-rated? No, no. <laughs> okay. But I would just hang on to him for dear life as yeah. we rounded a curve and I would squeeze my thighs on the back of his. Wow. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you over 19 as you're listening to this? But like, I would just be kind of hanging on, white knuckling it around Mm -hmm. a curve Mm -hmm. when we were on the motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And out of, I mean, you and I both know, I love being on the motorcycle now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can just close my eyes, Mm -hmm. go along for the ride. Oh, yeah. And not even think about the control. Um, And so much so that people have always said to me, why don't you get your motorcycle license? And it's because I am now on the other side of that mm. where I don't need to be in control. Right. So why would I want to do it? I yeah, just I mean, be along you, for the ride. You have the best uh, videos and pictures that you post from the back of that motorcycle. Love it. Yeah. I can take videos, can take pictures. I could read a book back there and have a coffee. <laughs> and <laughs> and my, you might even have done that. And my husband is kind of like sad that I'm so free and I don't grip that's him anymore. Right. <laughs> that's, oh, whoa. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> But that is a really, that's an excellent analogy. If we kind of think about, you know, what, what's that song? Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, all joking aside, if we recognize that Jesus has full control and that he actually can navigate all the twists and turns of our yeah. life. And he can work your way, his way out of a skid anytime. I don't need to worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. And I can really be present and like, like use all my senses on the bike, smelling all the smells and seeing the sights and just being fully present and enjoying the ride. Yes. The other thing I love about you being a free and healthy eight is that you can lean into the strengths of the eight, which is courage and faith. And it is doing the impossible thing and the difficult thing is you don't have to be in control. That's you right. just have to show up and obey, do that tough thing, and the outcome's not in your hands. Well, and I mean, after leaving pastoral ministry, mm-hmm. um, I thought I would give myself six months, mm-hmm. right? Take a nice long rest, mm-hmm. get my head together, um, deal with some of my burnout. And by you know October, I'd be great. Well, right. it didn't take till October. It took like a good two years. Wow. And uh, that's, I mean, I think for the first couple of weeks, I just sat there, mm-hmm. just not even knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. And so it took quite a while and it took a lot of work um, and a lot of leaning into friends, which is a very vulnerable thing for an eight. But um, after that, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so what's next for me? Mm-hmm. And going into life coaching was kind of um, almost the opposite mm-hmm. of what an eight might do hmm. um, when they're in a healthy state because mm-hmm. an unhealthy eight would want to tell you what to do. Yes. <laughs> and in life coaching, it's really about di- helping the client discover mm-hmm. on their own to help them connect the dots, mm-hmm. um, leading versus advising. Mm-hmm. So if you were to be sitting across the table from you as a client, yeah. what would be your coaching tips? 
Uh, well, an eight, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, with an eight, mm-hmm. they need to know that um, you get them mm. and that you understand uh, their fears mm-hmm. and you understand um, that their need to control is actually going to show up in the coaching session too. Mm-hmm. So for eights, it takes a little bit longer to get to the trust factor. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I would help um, lead the coaching client to writing out narratives where they had no control. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. Situations where they didn't have control Mm -hmm. and then unpacking that Mm. and asking them questions. So how did that go? Mm -hmm. How did that feel? Mm -hmm. Can you leverage that experience to face the next situation that you're in where you're going to grab for control all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I would start to leverage their own strength mm-hmm. that probably came out of vulnerability. Wow. That's where I'd start. Mm, that's great. Because eights need to get to the meat real fast. Yeah. No, which is good. I mean, that's the best of them. I read an article uh, recently and it was talking about anxiety and uh, anxiety is a very real response that uh, people struggle with. Uh, I, I myself have had anxiety for much of my life and have learned to overcome it. Uh, it's a natural physiological response that I'll get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so fear, anxiety is your brain and your body's way of um, responding to perceived danger oh. and getting yourself ready to deal with that. Wow. So this article, what it did really beautifully was uh, acknowledge the gift that anxiety can be because it does help keep us safe, but to also recognize that anxiety comes up in situations that we really don't need to be afraid. So it, the when I have an anxious simple, a symptom, then the analysis is, is there really danger or is it just because I'm facing something that's important to me right now? Oh, that's good. Isn't that great? So if there's danger, obviously you move towards safety. Right. But if it's because it's something important to me, then I move towards courage and I move, wow. move towards being brave. And that every single time, and for myself personally, and also for um, working with clients, every single time they face whatever it is they're afraid of and they know it's important to them and they're brave, uh, they grow. They grow Absolutely. They grow. So as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about your journey towards becoming vulnerable. It's the same thing. It's highly uncomfortable. You're very afraid of it. It feels dangerous to you, yeah. but you've been able to acknowledge that it's not dangerous. It's actually something important to you. It's something good in your life. And so you choose to move in towards it with brave. And I, I know from walking with you, freedom session was very key, Yeah. but you didn't just do those 20 sessions no. and then you were done. You regularly live that out in your life and you've gone on to also even lead other groups yeah. with it. But what I appreciate is that um, our friend group, we pretty much check in with each other every day. Yeah. And we're uh, posting on our private uh, message uh, page, uh, prayer requests, our struggles, our ugly days, our good days, things that are funny. I mean, we laugh a lot on there. But I think going back to that whole question of authentic friendship is show up not just in the big moments, like when you're doing freedom session sure, or sure. having a coaching meeting, but show up in the small everyday moments. And I think the consistency with which you show up as the true self uh, every single day through our conversations, through the things that you post on our private message page, 
that is where the growth is, and that's where you are brave every time. Wow. Mm. Well, you know, that's kind of resonating with me because uh, you and I do some consulting Mm -hmm. together, and uh, we talk about PTSG, Uh right? Post-traumatic stress growth. Yeah. Uh, So that will be probably a topic of conversation for the next decade about how people grow from trauma. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I think that I embraced when I had sort of knowledge of myself Mm -hmm. and maybe some of my motivations Mm -hmm. and where the fear was coming from was wow, I think I've kind of wasted a lot of time. Hmm. I don't want to continue to live like this. Yeah. I want to grow from this. Yeah. So how can I grow? Yeah. And I mean, that's what I hope I bring into with my coaching clients Mm -hmm. is let's grow. Yeah. Let's get you on the other side of this. Yeah. This obstacle or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because you and I both know we've got, you know, a new chapter ahead of us in our lives because of the age that we're at. Mm -hmm. I want this growth that Mm -hmm. I've... uh, enjoyed Mm -hmm. to show up in my life every day. Yeah. So I don't waste any more time. Well, I will bear witness to the fact that you do show up, that that growth does show up. And I love that, that, see, the thing about being teachable and the thing about being growth oriented is that it fuels itself because you start to say, wait a minute, I like the new me. I like what's coming out and I can do it. It's hard. It's painful. Uh, but I wouldn't not do it. And so that kind of encourages us to keep going forward. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, you know, do I still have areas where um, I need to flex that much more? Of course. Yeah. I mean, there are some relationships I can think of mm-hmm. where um, I haven't seen as much growth in myself mm-hmm. towards the other person. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm very aware of that. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to get to the place where... Um, you know, if I finish my life on earth and I've loved that person well mm-hmm. in this next chapter of my mm-hmm. life, I will think I've done pretty well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's wonderful. So there's still lots of areas to grow for yeah. sure. And I think that that's the attitude, the on, ongoing. Absolutely. Yeah. So coaching tips, let's end the podcast sure. with a few coaching tips. Um, since I put you on the spot this time around, thank you so much for being vulnerable. Mm. Thank you for modeling that strength and vulnerability and how beautifully that comes together. Um, And uh, thank you that you're showing up every day. And and, and so I'm going to do the, I don't do it nearly as well as Jillian because I kind of go around and around in circles, but I'll get to the point. So coaching tip uh, number one is um, acknowledge uh, and and try to understand the fears in your life that could be holding you back. Yeah. And um, that you may need to do with a wise person, whether it's a coach or a therapist or um, a counselor um, or a pastor. Um, It may be something you can kind of do with some friends, but to get to that place of really uh, digging in deep with it, it may require some professional guidance. Yeah. Uh, But it just depends where people are at. So begin to identify the things that you might be, um, might be holding you back. Um, And uh, maybe that's just a good place to start. Yeah. And then the second thing would be out of that list, uh, begin to maybe rank order or do a list of what you want to begin to address. Yeah. I think that knowing 
knowing the th- things that hold you back mm-hmm. is such a key place to begin. And if yeah. it's fear yeah. or it's shame mm-hmm. or it's, you know, whatever it might be, just acknowledging it. And you see, you said you wouldn't see me as a fearful person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and I, I don't know if I would have said that either, mm-hmm. but I was able to dig past my anger at not being able to control things. Mm -hmm. And I was able to dig a little bit further back and back and back and back and back to see what the root was. And it was fear. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't have said that a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing I also appreciate about the Enneagram, if you look at the roots of each of them, although the heart triad is rooted in shame, the head triad is in fear and the gut one is in anger. Each one of them has some core fears. That's right. And if you can understand your core fear... That could be a place to start yeah. to. And my so, core fear was being manipulated. Right, right. Being controlled by somebody else yeah. or being manipulated. Right. Yeah. So maybe that would be the the coaching tip is whatever tool it is, whether it's the Enneagram, whether it's seeing a coach or therapist, yeah. but it's just to begin to understand the underlying fears that could be driving you so that you can name it and then begin to take steps to face it. Yep. I agree. Anything you would add? Well, you know, I do this little thing, name it, claim it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Where I, I name it, yeah. you know, and then I claim it like, okay, Jillian, what's your part in this? And then I do it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been my mantra over the last couple of years, which has worked for me in getting to this place of kind of being the healthy eight. Mm-hmm. And the other thing you've done is you've also brought accountability in your life. So I know when you are <laughs> stepping forward, you always tell us. Yeah, I do. And you say, hold me accountable. Yeah, because that's the vulnerable So piece. name it, claim it, and get some accountability. Exactly. Doesn't quite rhyme, but it works. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Jillian. And thank you, listener, for your time. I hope it's been rich for you as it has been for us. And we'll um, catch up with you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.